Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Monday, the 5th of December. I'm Derek Clark, and I'm joined this uh, bright and breezy Monday morning by Joshua Barry. How are we getting on, Joshua? Good. Well, the last two Mondays, Derek, Rangers have sacked their manager and appointed <laughs> appointed the, the successor. So I'm hoping today, this Monday is a little bit quieter, but famous last words in. Yeah, um, we're just itching to get the football back, I think. That's what... Uh, everyone's uh, had had enough of the well. I say had enough of the World Cup is uh, heating up over there in, in Qatar, but mm-hmm. we just want Rangers back in action. I think that's uh, what we're all hoping for uh, soon. And of course, we've got the, the friendly at the end of the week against uh, Bayer Leverkusen um, before it all kicks off again on the fifteenth of December. Right, lots to talk about when it comes to uh, the club. Uh, before we do that, folks, just a reminder. We've got that great Christmas offer on the website just now, just a pound for two months worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details on that. And also, the link is in the, the, the title of the video as well if you're watching us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, right, Joshua, some interesting snippets that came out uh, over the weekend. Um, Ross Wilson has been speaking where he's defended his uh, Rangers record and addresses nonsense criticism. Um, he insisted he's delivered on the mandate uh, he was given by the Ibrooks board to dismiss criticism of the contract situation uh, that Michael Beale has inherited as nonsense and claimed that Rangers are comfortable with their position when it comes to the long-term futures of a handful of influential players. Um, he goes on to say, uh, we are very proud of a lot of the work we have done here. And with humility, you look at some other work you have been part of and will say, I wish I hadn't done that or I wish I'd done that a bit better. Certainly from my perspective, I know the mandate I was given on the day I walked in the door here. And I and I'm absolutely sure I have delivered on my part of the mandate so far. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things I wouldn't look back on and say I could have done that bit better. Uh, I could have done that bit better. I'm certainly proud of the, a lot of the work, uh, and there is still loads of work to do here, and a lot of a load of work to do in the coming windows for sure. Um, what do you make of this? He has come in for some criticism, Joshua Ross Wilson, um, from many quarters of, of the support. Um, this, the the site, the, the transfers, the jury's out on on some of them. The manager, of course, he appointed Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you did say, fortnight ago. We broke the news that um, he was relieved of his duties uh, just uh, just over a year in the job. Uh, he is under a bit of pressure, isn't he? A bit of heat, but uh, he's come out and defended the work he's doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you read as well there, Derek. Uh, he, he went on to say, um, speaking about the contracts, I'm just trying to find it, uh, kind of explaining... Yeah, yeah. It, it, obviously, Rangers have, I think, nine or ten players out of contract in the summer. Yeah. Um, and he said, maybe he did read this, but I'll, I'll go over again because um, I was looking at who it was. Uh, I don't buy into that at all, he was saying. Um, there are two key assets here who have been talked about for a long time in Kent and Morelos. There's another group of older players uh, who I'm sure everybody understands good contract management is to have those lads on one-year contracts and review them year on year and there are a couple of boys who have been injured quite a lot again so it's sensible to keep reviewing before the end of the season as well so I don't buy into that so if you look at the players I've just got them up in front of me Derek they're out of contract next summer uh, Al McGregor, Stephen Davis, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack, Philip Hellander I think they'd all fit into the certainly Jack and Hellander fit into the injured bracket Arfield, Davis and McGregor fit into the one-year rolling contract um, bracket should they've been given a contract uh, this summer that's 
I guess another uh, whole other topic which which uh, we, we could discuss. Kent and Morelos, um, who everyone knows about, um, Sands and Tillman, um, right, and I think Divine as well. Or Divine signed a new contract. That's I think when that's updated, he signed yeah. a new contract quite recently, didn't he? And yeah. um, there might be one or two more, but I've not got them in front of me. Um, so the top line figure sometimes maybe does make it look a little bit worse than it is. Um, but also, I guess you could go back to that and say, well, uh, was it the right decision to hand out contracts to a certain amount of players? I guess Wilson's big, um, the big criticism that's been levelled at him is that there wasn't enough rebuilding done this summer and it, that there was more refreshing. And, and the fact that Morelos and Kent haven't be, been moved on to this point, yes, you can point to the... Connor Goldson situation, but I think that was such a surprise because it's so rare for a player to to kind of run down their contract and um, and, and end up staying. Connor Goldson also maybe a slightly different part of his career because that was probably his last big contract. Whereas Kent's twenty, I think both Kent and Morelos are twenty six, and um, so you, you'd still think theoretically they're in their prime, although they've played a lot of kind of football by this young age. Um, I, I think the sporting director conversation, people, there's a lot of opinions about it because. Um, he, the sporting director is seen as the one who should be responsible for setting the long-term vision beyond managers. Um, you'd have to say with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, although all, for all his European exploits, ultimately I, I don't think his, his football was was well suited domestically. Um, but but Wilson, I guess, will point to the, the sales of, of Bassi and Patterson, um, Aribo, amongst other things, and, and say that it has been a success. I, th- I think it depends very much. If Morels and Kent were to walk away on freeze, Derek, regardless of the impact they've had, especially Kent because of the money that's been paid from, I think it would be hard to 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 turn that in any way to make it out to be a success. Um, but equally, it's, it's interesting to his, hear, hear his um, point of view on it because aside from that press conference, we've not kind of heard from him in, in quite a while. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to hear uh, some of his comments uh, over the weekend, uh, that's for sure, and certainly defending the work that he's done uh, at Ibrox with regards to uh, recruitment um, and and the contract uh, situation. Um, Let's move on, uh, Joshua. There's uh, some other little uh, tidbits I wanted to discuss. Um, Great things on the website over the weekend. Uh, There's a piece you did on uh, Michael Beale and how... Uh, I believe his ideas can revive Rangers' attack. I thought it was interesting. Some of the uh, takeaways from Thursday evening uh, was um, talking about the attack and, and saying he would uh, play Cholak and Morelos together, I heard, and, uh, and um, he wouldn't be opposed to that. And he was just mentioning that he, he thinks a lot of the players aren't uh, showing what, what they're really capable of at this moment in time. Um, are you quite excited at the piece that you did that, that, that he can revive the attack that has been a bit limp this season, to say the least? Yeah, well, this is uh, on the website if people want to to read it. Um, uh, he, he, he didn't give too much away in the, in the press conference, Bill, kind, of, kind of as we discussed last week, Derek. I think he said a lot of the right things um, without maybe revealing too much about how he intended to change things. But he did give um, some, some rough... Um, overviews of, of what he hoped to do with the squad, uh, playing closer together, playing more compact. And and when he references um, his ideas and why he thinks the attack can can play better, I think he's referencing them playing closer together and um, combining more in, in the first instance, maybe having a bit more freedom, playing closer to the goal, all the things that we kind of know um, about deals football. But hopefully, I, I guess uh, another point he added is with a bit of variety to keep them unpredictable. I think it's important to say that um, he did um, 
speak about the player's responsibility as well quite a few times in, in the press conference. Uh, you know, he, he referenced the fact that it had been a fantastic first few days and the atmosphere has been really good. And, and I think always, regardless of who the manager is, is probably going to be a bit of an uplift, especially when there's been a bad run of form because just naturally I think players as human beings will just see that as a clean break and, and a chance to go again. We know how popular Beagle was amongst the, the playing group, many of whom are still there from, um, from last time round. But I think it's an, an interesting conversation because um, what, what Rangers haven't... They, they conceded, I think, sloppy goals by the end of Van Bronckhorst's reign, but it's not as if they were... Um, you know, Gerrard's team towards the end had defensive deficiencies. But I think the, the thing that ultimately was Van Bronckhorst's undoing in those games against um, St. Johnson and St. Mirren away was if, if, if you hadn't known it was Rangers in that game... Um, and you'd just been told it was two teams in the Scottish Premiership, you, you wouldn't think it was a team that were that were supposedly chasing the title because they weren't able to create high-quality chances. I know they had a lot of injuries, but I, th- I think still, regardless of, they still had um, you know enough quality personnel to, to create better chances in those games they weren't able to. And, and that's what Beals, I guess, is, is first task, is, is not only to make Rangers harder to beat and harder to play against, but get players like uh, Kent back to somewhat uh, resembling his best and also he, he referenced Kima Roof a lot I know we spoke about that over the weekend but there's a piece yeah. on the website um, on Friday um, and for me Derek he doesn't reference Kima Roof that much if he doesn't think it's realistic that he can um, get him back to his best so I, I think he'll try and get these players playing in a similar structure as to, to last time he was here with Gerard, with some some subtle tweaks and differences and, and, and that piece kind of explores what his ideas might be and, and you know how theoretically they could help get some of these players back to the, somewhat resembling the best. Yeah, I like this point from Matthew Ross. He says he'd like to see the front three rotate uh, through the game, make them more fluid. It was so rigid uh, with Gio. Um, I tend to agree with Matthew there. Uh, some of the comments coming in, let's address uh, a few of them that are coming in here. Uh, first of all, uh, King Rick gets in touch. He says, uh, Christmas decorations are a bit light there, Derek. Uh, well, I've got a little Santa behind me. This, uh, you can just see a little bit of... Oh, yeah, there we are. Uh, Tinsel sort of stuff, but uh, that's Archie's going, Archie's going up today, Derek. Is your tree up already? It is, yeah. Is uh, it? Yeah, the, the, um, the wife likes to get the Christmas decorations up mega, mega early. So uh, wow. they were up in November time. I can't even remember <laughs> what date it was, but it was November time. But uh, he's having a go at you, Josh. He's saying uh, Josh is clearly a bad a ba- humbug. With I'm him. actually not. I'm actually, I'm, I Derek will testify, having been with me last week, how much I love Christmas. But <laughs> I've been away this weekend, so tonight we're putting the tree up and it will be then be over my left or right shoulder for the morning briefing. So fantastic. Get in. Uh, and Brian says that uh, you lads covering the friendly this weekend. We are Brian. I think you'll be there for us, Joshua. Am I, am I right in thinking that? Yeah, of course. Um, we'll always, always be the games just to go back to that. Um, that point you had Matthew made about the, uh, yes, the positioning of, yeah, the positioning of certain players. I mean, Again, I remember this time last year when Kent started playing out wide, uh, that game away at Livingston where Rangers won 3-1. And the fresh, doing something different in the short term, I think regardless of what it is, um, made such a big difference. Even even though I think over time Van Bronckhorst football became so stale, those midfield runs, teams learned to deal with them. Initially, they, they weren't able to. So what, what Beal, I think, will hope for as much as that he'll believe his structure and what he wants to do with these players will improve them and improve Rangers' chances uh, regardless. I think he'll also hope that over these four games, uh, four or five games he's got before the old firm, I think it's four, um, that by having that kind of early air of unpredictability, the new manager bounce, that will 
that will benefit him. Um, I actually think what, and, and again, this is something that a point that Beal's made, I think, quite a lot in these first few weeks is that, or first week, I should say, there was a hierarchy there. And although we know he had responsibility and perhaps more responsibility than your average first team coach when he was here under Gerard, he still was the first team coach. And um, I, I, he wasn't the ultimate decision maker. And what I'm interested to see is, yes, yes, a player like Kent had freedom, but I think at times um, that that system was too that system became rigid, and, and what Gerard did was didn't have enough, uh, you know, variance to it. Um, and if you were to get Kent back to his best, I don't think it's best to, to completely pin him to the touchline. But equally, I don't think it's best. I think at times he can get lost in the middle and um, be overcrowded there. So. I tend to play Kent where where the space is, uh, but I do agree with with the comment that getting players in more central areas. If you look at the past, which is in this piece, if you look at the past network from the game at home to Hearts, you've got fullbacks and wingers that are both wide, and um, the, and and I think it was Lundstrom, Sands, and Tillman in the middle of the pitch. And there's a uh, again in, in a number of articles over the weekend, kind of a lot of the same points breaking down why Rangers domestically just they weren't able to break teams down and create. Ha- a consistent high quality of chances, which means eventually those results catch up on you. So it'll be interesting to, to see what Beal does. Um, regardless, I think you'll hope that that new manager bounce will carry him through with some momentum to the, the old firm on the second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Crypto Knight says uh, Cholak will hopefully get better service under under Ball as well. Yeah, he has uh, the goals had dried up just at the, the end of uh, Gio's tenure. That is something that'll be interesting to see because there has been a lot of chatter, Joshua, yeah. that. Um, it might not fit in a Michael Beale system, Antonio Cholak, but um, I'm not entirely sure I agree with that, to be honest. Yeah, well, no, it's a good point because um, the the quality, I think he scored 11 goals from just under seven expected goals. And and there's an article on um, the website which kind of breaks down um, under the tactics section, if you want to read it, which breaks down um, how he scored so many goals in the initial sense and when he was on that kind of hot streak. And, and it was always going to dry up because he was scoring it, I think it was double the rate of his expected goals. So it'd be, if he was to keep scoring at that rate, it'd be quite a dramatic overperformance. Um, but uh, Beal used Lyndon Dykes at, um, at QPR and he is, you know, he, he's not a Morelos figure, I think, who I'm sure he did drop deep at points. I'm, I've not watched loads of QPR. I've watched a few games. Um but I don't think he was that type of player that, that Morelos was. Now, the task is going to be different because QPR, although I think they were quite ball-dominant in the championship, the reason that Gerard and Beal did that with Morelos was to try and pull the, the centre-back out. Because if you think about it, if Morelos is a central striker and you can't create space in the defence, if he comes and drops deep, either the defender comes with him and you create space in the in the defensive line, or he comes into the midfield on track and you've got a free passing option. Uh, and, and it worked well in, in that season, although Morelos didn't score a lot of goals, I thought towards once he came back from injury up until that goal at Livingston, uh, he played some really good football and that, that really helped the team. So I, I don't think it's a case that Cholak can. And also, if you remember the Aberdeen game at home, um, Cholak, I think he's received about 13 or 14 average passes, which I know sounds a bit boring, but that's about three times less than what Morelos' average was uh, the season before. So it kind of shows the difference of role. But if you look at that game against Aberdeen, um, even if you just watch the highlights from it, you'll see that Cholak drops in numerous times, quite comfortable dropping deep, lots of nice touches. So while I don't think it's his natural game, um, I think he's grown a lot in that role since that game against Livingston, uh, the away game at the start of the season, Derek. And, and what you have a guarantee with him um, is that he's going to score. He's got 11 goals in just over, I think it's almost 13 full 90 minutes. 
it's about as good a record, I think, uh, as you could have hoped for for someone in playing in what was an underperforming team for the, the start of their Rangers career. So I, I, I think uh, Beal will, will be will look at that and think that's guaranteed goals. I need to use that. The interesting thing is, Derek, how if he wants to keep Morelos, it's again back to the point we're making at the start of the season. Do you play them together? Can you play them together? Because you can't get Morelos fit, I don't think, if he's not playing games. And you can't keep him in the club if he's not playing games. So it is a bit of a difficult situation. But I, I don't think Cholak won't play um, because you know, because of his, his style. Could be wrong on that. I, I think Beal will, will see a player who has a really good goal return and, and he can work with him and just make, take a bit of time to get him playing in his system. Yeah, a comment here saying that could Morelos play on the right. I think if he was playing the two of them, that is the most likely position for him, I would say, Joshua. Antonio Cholak's not going to play out there, is he? So uh, I think he is an out-and-out centre-forward, whereas Morelos can have that little bit of give-and-go and can play in, in, in a number of other uh, positions in that, that forward line. So I think that would be most likely. He did talk about Kemar Roof, like you say. Yeah. Uh, M 55 says, I think he likes uh, Roof more than either uh, of the strikers. So until he gets his next injury, he will play. But that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's, he's been plagued by these injuries, uh, well, not only at Rangers, but throughout much of his uh, career. So he's one for me, Joshua. If they can get a tune out of him in any way, shape or form, it's, it's a bonus. But you just can't rely on him, unfortunately. Yeah, then you look back at the um, uh, that that season, though, and, and I think he was a top scorer, uh, and he was able to play a real consistent run of games. Um, I, I I totally agree with you, Derek. I, I think the conversation around Kemar Roof. I remember a few weeks ago we did a, a morning the morning briefings, and we thought, what title will we do it? And we did it. Is Kemar Roof going to X X Y solve Rangers goal scoring issues and then at the press conference an hour later he was ruled out for three weeks and that kind of summed yeah. it up as soon as you started yeah. to get excited about a player like that as soon as you start to think yeah. could he be part of the 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 helping yeah. solve the puzzle but again I, I don't think that Beal comes in and makes those points and and, and let's remember by Thursday he'd spent three days training with the players I'm sure they've been brought up to speed with all the injury situations he'll spoken to all the players individually um I, I just wonder if he thinks maybe it's, um, you know, roof under a different manager. We, we know with all, all players at points, sometimes it's maybe a case of pushing through certain elements of pain. I guess when you've had lots of injuries in the past as well, sometimes niggles will happen and it's maybe hard to, 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 to always play through those. But I just don't think he'd mention him so much if he didn't think he was, he was going to be able to play. So I guess, I guess watch the space, but it shows how he can, he can use two forwards, I guess, in a front line. Can Morelos do that to the same degree? I, I don't know. Um, but certainly, I think um, Bill will want to get as many goal scorers in that front line as possible. Um, and because Kent isn't, doesn't tend to score a lot of goals, he'll need someone else alongside the, the main striker. Yeah, uh, question here from Brian. Uh, Josh, when you were at the training day, was Hadji involved? He wasn't in the team training, though, but I, I know he is back on the back on the pitch. So uh, last time I spoke to uh, a, couple, a couple of people, sorry about that, they told me he was um, on track. Uh, obviously, it's an ACL, it's not a small injury. So no. I, I think there's a there's getting up to speed and then there's almost 
probably learning to run again when you've when you've been. Yeah, I think I think the, the the original prognosis was January time, uh, yeah. and I think that's probably uh, most likely. But it's good to see him back on the grass. That little video done done with RTV was uh, was fantastic to see him uh, progressing. Just going back to the the, the, crisp, the, the Christmas uh, decorations chatter. Robert Godfrey says uh, since we're talking about uh, crimbled eggs, my lovely wife is allergic, so no real tree this year. Ninety bucks saved. And uh, Jim McKettle says uh, a couple of young grandkids coming later to, to help us put up the tree. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, let's get uh, you've been framed written all over it. I think uh, uh, Jim, but uh, yeah, be careful when you're sticking the the tree up there. And I wanted to talk about uh, a few comments coming in. Of course, born away with Croatia, Joshua. Yeah, there is uh, talk that he uh, could play. Uh, tonight against Japan, uh, reports suggesting that, that Borna Sosa is injured. Um, now that that leads on to uh, another thing uh, that Callum McKenzie points out: if uh, Croatia progress today, is it unlikely to expect Borna back for Hibs, making Diviner only left back option? Um, I'm not too sure what the situation with Ridvan Yilmaz is um, with his injury, Joshua. But um, that's an interesting one. If, if Croatia progress today. Um, the, the deeper they go into the competition, then it's going to be a, a race against time for Bonner to come back and, and, and play against Hibs, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'm just trying to think when the game after that would be because at the moment the centre-back options aren't aren't plentiful, are they? So no. um, I guess that's something that you know we'll, we'll see at the, uh, the Bayer-Leverkusen friendly at the weekend and then speaking yeah. to, to the manager kind of in the, in the lead-up to the Hibs game um, but I kind of just imagine if that break hadn't come at that time for Rangers and they'd, they'd have been playing through all these games with basically absolutely no fit centre-back. So that is definitely a worry, um, especially given the fact that although Devine can play left-back, he's, he's not naturally left-footed and we know how Beal tends to like to, to use his, his, his full-backs to go high and wide. Um, but be inter- I think it's three o'clock Croatia play today, so um, I hadn't heard that report, so it'll be interesting to see if, if Buona does get a game. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I'd be I'd be surprised if Ridvan or maybe he will be back because it was it was his hamstring, wasn't it? So yeah, um, yeah. I guess it I guess it all very much depends on on how he recovers from it. Um, ben Davis can also I think play there, but can he play wide left yeah, back? Yes, one saying that there. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd need to look at. Who, there, who else there is in front of me? But there's not many. There's not many names that stand out off the top of your head when you think of all the the defenders that are injured. And um, yeah, I guess that's part of the issue when you've got two injury-prone centre-backs in, in Suter and Hellander. Um, you leave yourself quite short. Yeah, and uh, Stephen says uh, King can play left-back as well. Yeah, he's quite versatile across the, across the back, but certainly as a, uh, a makeshift at the moment, you just hope uh, that the players that you mentioned, Joshua, although I, I don't hold out much, hope, hope that Suter and Hellander will be back anytime soon. But the likes of goals, and I think it's huge. Uh, and hopefully they can get them back uh, for the run of games uh, coming up. I uh, just wanted to touch on as well, the Rangers B team and the women's team had two yeah. great results at the weekend. Uh, David McCallum's side uh, thumped Bones United by four goals to nil, so a fantastic result for them. And uh, the, the Glasgow um, uh, Rangers beat the Glasgow women by 10 goals to nil uh, in their match over the weekend uh, also. So uh, well done to uh, the girls and uh, Ma- Malky Thompson there. 
for that uh, that result also. Um, okay, folks, I think that will do us there for now. Thanks to everyone for interacting with the show as ever. It really is much appreciated. Um, if you've not already done so, you can see the little banner on the screen. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We uh, surpassed 10,000 followers over the, the, the weekend, which is uh, great to see. So thanks very much for all your support. Uh, and as you can see, the little ticker below, we've got that Christmas offer on just now where you can get two months worth of content on the site for just one pound. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Okay, we'll be back again tomorrow, but until then, enjoy the rest of your Monday.